thankful for God. I am thankful for a family. I am thankful for God and Jesus because they help us and guide us. I'm thankful for lions. I'm thankful for Stefan Diggs. I am thankful for today. I'm thankful for my mom. My name is Layla Blanchard. I am thankful for um, the Holy Bible because um, it tells what Jesus did and the miracles he did with God. I am thankful for my life and God and my church. I am thankful for my grandma that she can be here and thank go and celebrate Thanksgiving with us. I'm thankful for God. Because he's good. <laughs> I'm thankful for family. I'm thankful for my brother and sister. So you're going to dad? And dad. I'm thankful for church because we learn a lot of stuff. I'm thankful for sports because I love I love to play. I'm thankful for Jesus because he died on the cross for our sins. I'm thankful for my house so I can live in it. I'm thankful for my family because they help me whenever I need help with something. Wasn't that good? I tell you, they preached the sermon today already just in their little testimonies. Uh, I want to thank Giselle and, and Amy uh, for taking and recording that and putting that all together for us. That was a great little deal, wasn't it? Um, I had to, what Teresa was saying here today is sometimes we don't feel like doing stuff and we just need to do it, you know? Uh, the Lord told me to wear this bright shirt today. Because I stand out, and I don't like to wear it because I stand out, and everybody gives me a hard time because it's peak, and they tease me all morning and all that. And so the heaviness got so heavy from first church that I went into my office, and I turned, changed into my black shirt. And I started walking out of my office, and the Lord said, you're all dark and dreary again. Go put your red shirt back on. So I turned back around, went back in. So I've had this shirt on and off about five times today because I'm not comfortable in it. But we're, sometimes we're not comfortable in the Lord. And that's what I'm going to preach on today is we need to be comfortable in the Lord. And specifically, we need to desire the glory of the Lord. Uh, the answer, the antidote to everything that we're going through in this room today, the antidote is Jesus Christ and the glory of the Lord. And until we put ourselves in his presence, it's going to be tough to get through any of this stuff. And what put me onto this here is that uh, I, I knew they had put this video together, but I didn't know that it was for today. And the guys come back, this, well, I hope you come back before then. But December 16th, the kids are going to have a special in here. And they're going to be singing for us during this time. But, but I was so glad to see this because at Thanksgiving, um, and I don't know if it was just this year or what, but when you get the Thanksgiving text, you get the Thanksgiving Facebook, Happy Thanksgiving, I'm thankful for this. Guys, I, I saw very little of that this year. And then what I did say was about myself. In other words, giving glory to myself, giving honor to self. And I didn't hear much on people being thankful for God. And God is the one that's got us here. 
And, and that's what really pushed me into this message today. And, and then I saw this video of these young kids, and I thought, that's what it's all about. We need to be so thankful for the Lord and who he is that it just drains from us like it did these kids. But guys, to get that, you got to be in the glory and the presence of the Lord and to be able to walk in that. I'm going to read a scripture for you to hear today. But, but it says, uh, this is the, in, in Psalms 95, 1 through 7. And dad read this at our family dinner the other night. And I thought, boy, it fit right in. So I just added it into here. But it said, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come to him with thanksgiving. Let us sing songs of praise to him. For the Lord is great, a great God, a great king above all gods. He holds in his hand the depths of the earth and, and the mightiest mountains. The sea belongs to him, for he made it. His hands form the dry land too. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God. We are the people he watches over, the flock under his care. If only you would listen to his voice today. And the psalmist was telling us here today that, that God is our watcher. He looks over the people. He, he desires to be with us. He desires to speak with us. He desires to be a part of our life. And, and I had kind of uh, looked over that part because I was focusing mainly today on if we would just listen. But guys, it's hard to listen if you don't know somebody cares about you. And Jesus cares about us so much that he gave it all up for us. And he watches over us. He, he looks out for us. And, and I saw that in our kids this week. Man, Grayson preached it all. Grayson Scott, his words up there today, I am thankful for God and Jesus because they help us and guide us. Lily, on the word of God, I am so thankful for the Holy Bible because it tells us what Jesus did and the miracles did. I'm so, so thankful for this church. The Dixon boys said they're twins and I can't tell them apart. But one said, I'm thankful for this church because I learn about the things of God. The other one said, I'm thankful for Jesus because he died on that cross for me. Man, these kids got a hold of it. They got the presence of God in their life. They see that Jesus is watching over them. They see that they're under his care and his protection. And so they're listening for him. And I thought, man, we can learn from these kids today. We can learn how much God cares for us, how much God wants just to be in every aspect of our life and how that we need to depend on God. Just like we're raising up these kids to depend on God and to allow God to sustain them, man, we need to take that, for example, and follow them here today. Do you guys realize that even Jesus depended on God to sustain him? And, and we need to depend on God to sustain us. And, and, and I see this in the scripture that one of my favorite scriptures when Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the good news. And, and what the Lord really ministered to me about, guys, we're at, uh, we just got back from the pastor's retreat last week and, and it was great. Man, the presence of the Lord that was there, it was so awesome. And, and the Lord told me in, in doing the retreat, he said, hey, if you don't do anything, just protect the 10 o'clock to noon and everything will be okay. And I was trying to plan this out because we had all the pastors there. It's going to be 80 hours and it's going to be hard to keep them busy, blah, blah, blah. And the Lord just said, hey, just focus on the 10 to 12. 
And man, we went into the, the 10 to, or 9 o'clock. We started off a devotion uh, with a pastor. The pastor had a devotion. 9.45, took a break. Then Brother Tim Snyder come in and, and began to minister from 10 to 12. The thing was, it began to go from 10 to 11. We'd stop and discuss things of the Lord. He stopped for a break. And next thing we know, it's 40 minutes later. He looked at me and he said, Pastor, it's 11.45. You told me just to go to 12. He goes, I didn't even start the second session. And I said, just start it anyway. And we started in the second session. The next thing we know, it's 1 o'clock, 1.30, 2 o'clock, because the glory of the Lord and the presence of the Lord came in the house. And, and, and man, it was filling us. It was sustaining us. It was ministering to us. Guys, this whole week, and, and I, I, I hope you don't think, go out here saying, oh, poor, poor pastor. But this whole week, me and Amy went to the pool for probably 30 minutes at 8 o'clock at night, 9 o'clock at night. We went to Tanger Mall for an hour. What else? We did one more thing. Oh, we went to the Bass Pro for 45 minutes. The rest of the time we were in the room fellowshipping with each other. And that's what I'm getting at, guys. When we're in the presence of God and the presence of our friends and our family and the presence of the body and the spirits moving, the glory of the Lord's there. There's nothing else like it. And you don't need anything else. That's what will sustain you. And that's what the Lord was showing us through the scripture here. When the, Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is on me, he has anointed me to preach the gospel. We don't realize the anointing drains. The anointing takes and saps the life out of you, if you don't know the truth. And what if you guys do studies and look into it, you're going to see that, that, that when a person preaches 30 minutes, it's equivalent to, uh, 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 to working an eight-hour day. If a person preaches for an hour, it's equivalent to working 16 hours. If, if you're teaching a Sunday school class under the anointing or, or leading the worship under the anointing or anything you do under the anointing, 30 minutes is equivalent to eight hours. 16 is equivalent or, 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 or an hour is equivalent to 16 hours. And it was zap the life out of Jesus if he would have led it. But the word said, the spirit of the Lord was upon me to preach the, to anoint it to me to preach the gospel. So Jesus stayed in the glory of the Lord so that he would be sustained so that he could preach the gospel. And we see that all the time. Jesus was always going out, receiving the glory of the Lord and being filled with the presence of the Lord, putting himself in situations to where God could fill him up and renew him. But, but the Lord took it even to a step further. Jesus got to the point to where that he would flow in the glory of the Lord and the anointing drifted out of him. And that's the way we got to be. We got to be so developed into the glory of the Lord that the anointing just drips from us. And, and that's what the, being in the glory of the Lord will do. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So the glory of the Lord sustained Jesus in the ministry and all that he did and the glory of the Lord will sustain us. We were talking about the anointing there. But the Lord hit me that in the same way, the burdens, the anxieties, the stresses of this world will wear us out. And the, and the antidote to that is also the glory of the Lord. We are the people and he watches over us. The flock is under his care. And God wants us to come into this anointing, or excuse me, this glory so that he can sustain us. I'm just going to move right into it here. But, but we can see all through the Bible where the, when the people were in the glory of the Lord, how God sustained them. Let's just talk about the, the Israelites. The glory of the Lord sustained them. 
In Nehemiah 9.21, for 40 years, you sustained them in the wilderness. They lacked nothing. Their clothes did not wear out. Their feet did not swell. And what we don't realize is that in the wilderness, when Israel came out of Egypt, which represented sin, into the wilderness, they were under a cloud by day and a fire by night. The glory of the Lord was around them all the time. The presence of God was around them all the time. And, and what blesses me is it sustained them. They needed nothing when they were in the wilderness. The Lord fed them. The Lord closed them. You could even go in there and find scripture that says their sandals did not wear out. When I worked construction, I wore a pair of boots out every six months. Nothing wore out because they were in the glory and the presence of the Lord. Now, a lot of you are probably thinking, well, a lot of people died in the glory of the Lord. A lot of people died in the presence of the Lord. You're right. Do you know that only two out of the whole group out of Israel to begin with went to the promised land? Because they couldn't get under the, and stay under the anointing like they should. The anointing was there the whole time. The presence of God was there the whole time. But if they chose not to be a part of it, then they didn't have to. God didn't force them under his glory. He didn't make them stay there. Even read the scripture on Moses here later on. That, and, and you read in Deuteronomy 8, 34, Moses was 120 years old when he died, yet his eyesight was clear and he was strong as ever. He was under the anointing or the, the glory of the Lord. The presence of God, it sustained him for 40 years in the wilderness there. He did not look a day older. He did not look, a, his eyes were still good. Caleb's one that really blessed me that you can read about in Joshua 14, 10. Caleb was, you know, was the one that went into the promised land with Joshua and the other 10. They came back out. The other 10 had no faith. We can't take it. Caleb and, and Joshua, yeah, we can take it. Well, they lost out. They had to stay in the wilderness for 40 years. But guess what? God sustained them. God, in the presence and the glory of God, it kept them. And it says, as yet I'm, and this is, this is so great, because Caleb's heading into, the, heading into the promised land, and he's at 85 years old, and he says, I am as strong this day as on the day that Moses sent me. Just as my strength was then, so now is my strength for war both for going out and coming in. God sustained him. In the glory of the Lord, it'll sustain us. When these burdens and pressures of the world, these heavy anxieties of the world healed us, we need to run to the glory of the presence. And in the glory of the presence, the anointing will come on us, which is the answer to our problems, and it will fix them. But we got to put ourselves in the glory of the Lord. Man, Elijah, man, he's the one that really pumps me. Elijah went up in, in Exodus, I believe it was uh, 12, 1 and 12, 13. But, uh, but uh, we get there and make sure I'm telling you right. Excuse me, I'm glad I went back to that. 2 Kings 2, 11, 2 Kings 2, 1. But we see Elijah, this, this prophet of God. And, and guys, Elijah had his problems too, but he stayed in the glory of the Lord. And he was so close to God and so in the anointing of God that a whirlwind took him to be with the Lord. Now think about that. Elijah is with the Lord in a natural body. The Bible talks about it in the presence of the Lord. We need our spiritual bodies. God has sustained Elijah to this day. For the word of God says that there will be two prophets that come back in the last day that will minister and be witness to the bodies and they'll die a physical death. That's Elijah. God is sustaining him to this day. Why? Because he's in the glory of the Lord. If you want sustained... Put yourself in the glory of the Lord. We see it in, all through the Bible. 
And I'm going to share you more scriptures here, but, but we let these anxieties, the problems, the, the things of the world, we let them get to us. But we are God's people, and he watches over us, and he takes care of us. If only you would listen to his voice. It's right there. And that scripture is so powerful today. God sent Jesus to sustain us. It even gets better in the word of God here. Let's go to Matthew eleven twenty seven. 27. Matthew eleven twenty seven. 27. Jesus came to sustain you. Nothing in this world should be whipping your tail. Nothing. It says, my father has entrusted everything to me. No one truly knows the son except the father. And no one truly knows the father except the son and those to whom the son chooses to reveal him. Now here we got Jesus that has given full power and authority and if you accept him and receive him, he's in your heart and he's going to tell you the deep things of God. Well, you're not going to hear the deep things of God unless you put yourself in the glory of his presence. You put yourself in the glory of Jesus' presence, he's going to be speaking to you day and night, night and day. You, you, you will get your feeling then some. But what gets me is Jesus said after that, he goes, come to me all who are weary and carry heavy burdens and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart. And you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. So here we got Jesus. He's even saying, come into my glory. Come into the glory of Jesus Christ, and let me take your burdens. Let me take your cares. I want to give you rest. And let's look at what that means. We're here means feeling or showing uh, uh, tiredness, especially as a result of excessive exer exer exertion or lack of sleep. Burdens a duty or misfortune that causes hardship, anxiety or grief or a nuisance. Jesus said, I want to carry them. Carry means to support or move someone or something from one place to another. And he wants to give you rest Cease to work or movement in order to relax, refresh oneself under the recovering strength. That's what Jesus wants to do to you here today if you come into his glory. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened. Come into my glory. I want to take your burdens, your anxieties, your sicknesses, your diseases. I want them all. I want them all. And I'm going to take them from you or I'm going to walk through them with you. But you're going to rest and you're going to be refreshed, renewed. In the, in, under the glory of the Lord, you'll be renewed, refreshed, and be able to, to, to be sustained. Carrying this weariness and this heavy laden, this anxiety, these, 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 these things that, 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 that cause death. Guys, stress and anxiety is the biggest death in America right now. And it's among the Christians too. And Jesus says, come into my glory and I'll take your stresses and your anxieties. You don't have to die young. You don't have to, to be defeated your whole life. Just come into the glory of the Lord. But many anointed, spirit-filled men and women are weary and carrying heavy burdens because they've not allowed Jesus to come in. They've not, uh, they've not put themselves in the presence. So we're right back where Israel was. Israel was under a cloud by day and a fire by night. The glory of the Lord shone all around them. The glory of the Lord shows all around us. But we got to choose to walk into it. You can choose to walk into it and be sustained and blow through this life. 
Or you can stay to stand outside and watch all you want and be defeated all this life and die young. It's in the glory, in his presence is where it's at. Jesus himself, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. I need the glory of the Lord upon me to get through this. And he did with flying colors. The scripture I preached here a few months ago, and I'm not sure I preached it at Oakland, but I preached it somewhere, but you get to hear a little bit of it. But James 4, 1 and 2, I just want to read this out of the NLT. Because it's talking about what wars in, in people's lives. And it uses the word it. And I capitalized it in the scripture I think I put up behind me. But, but we battle all these it's. And at the very last in the word, James says, you don't have it because you didn't ask for it. You didn't put yourself in the glory of the Lord. Okay? So let's read this. What causes the quarrels and fights among you? Don't they come from the evil desires that war within you? You want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. You try to do it yourself. You are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it, the goods of the world or whatever it may be, so you fight and wage war to take it away from them. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask for it. You know, when I was writing this the other day, I don't even listen to country music. But looking for love in all the wrong places popped in my head. And I'm thinking that, looking for love and all the, you know. I was like, where did that come from? But, but we don't have it, so we look for love in all the wrong places, and it destroys our life. You know, we, we look for love in relationships, and it's not God's relationship, and thus we're out of the glory, and we're, we're like the Israelites that fell away. But you put yourself in the glory of the Lord, and you'll have the love that you need in your life. Whether it's through your wife, whether it's through your children, whether it's through the family, you will be sustained because you're in the glory of the Lord, and that's what he does. He sustains you. Can I get an amen from that? Does God sustain you? Man, many of us hear the word of God, but think the word of God isn't relevant today, and we do what we want. Man, man I, I know Christians that, that are blatantly living contrary to the Word of God. Knowingly living contrary to the Word of God. And man, we need to be like Layla. Man, what Layla said there, you heard me hoop a, a holler a little bit earlier. I am thankful for the Holy Bible because it tells what Jesus did and the miracles he did. Man, we need to be proud of the Holy Bible and implement that Holy Bible in our lives. You need to be proud of your young one there. But I give her the glory, I give her husband the glory, but I give God the glory. Because the Holy Bible is the key. And when we take that and, and put it under that, that, that glory of the Lord, man, boom, there it is. So what is, what is your it in your life? What is your anxiety in your life? What is your pressure in your life? Well, let's give it to the Lord and get into glory, amen? So we've got to change our approach to life. And focus on the glory of his presence. It will sustain us. I'm going to jump over to 2 Peter 1 and 2. 1 verse 2. And we could have read this today. And, and that's what I'm preaching here. It's, it's from the word of God. Everything I'm saying is straight out of here. But it says his divine power has given us all things that pertain to life. So God's given us everything that pertains to life. We have it. He's given it to us. 
Godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to the glory and virtue by which have been given to us exceedingly. So he's not only given us all things, but he's given us more than enough. He's given us too much. Great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature. In other words, express the presence of the Lord. Express, experience the, the promises of God. But you got to walk into the glory. You got to step into the glory. You got to dive into the glory because that's where it's at. That's where the knowledge is. That's where the exceedingly great, precious promises are. It's found in the glory and the presence of Him when He's moving on you and He's speaking to you. I won't forget the other day, and again, the Lord does this, and, and I, I, it's just so awesome when He does, I just run. But I was again gearing up to watch a ball game, and the Lord's, I want to speak to you, Kent. I want to speak to you. And man, I could pick the ball game, but I've learned when God's doing that, it's going to be good. And I go, I run to it now. And yeah, I missed the ball game, but it, you know what? You got them little recorder things. But, but you know, it's, it's, it's the presence, the glory is where it's at. But guys, look at the Apostle Paul. Man, they stoned this dude to death and drug him out of town for dead. And that's what the word says, Acts 14, 19. They, they, they stoned this guy, left him for dead, and the guy, you know, they, he just gets up. And he goes right back into town. The Lord sustained him. Why? Because he spent time in the glory and the presence of the Lord. He knew God. The glory of God sustained him. Man, look at, look at John here. Man, John was boiled in oil, and, and he didn't die. They couldn't, they couldn't kill John. So they put him on the island of Patmos. And, and everybody's like, that's not biblical, right? It's not in your Bible. But if you go study a, a Tertarian, I think's his name, but second century theologian. But he wrote this in his reading where the apostle John was first plunged unheard into boiling oil and thence remitted to his island exile. Man, they plunged him into boiling oil and God protected him. God sustained him. Why? Because he lived in the glory of the Lord. He lived and the Lord spoke over him. Jesus said, what is it if this guy doesn't die till I come back? Jesus, the power and the anointing of the Lord was upon this guy. Why? Because he lived in the glory and the presence of God. Do you know he wrote the, the book of Revelation after all that happened? Wow. So God has given us everything it takes to live for him. But to me, the first hurdle we got to get by is that that Jesus himself said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. And I think that's where we get into trouble a lot of times is my sister-in-law went to New Zealand and, and they were texting back that over there they believe in lots of gods, but they're all getting you to the same place. Man, that's a scary place to be. Man, Jesus is the only one that's going to get you in the presence and glory of the Lord God. Okay? And by accepting him. So if you think you can do whatever you want and get into the glory of God, it ain't going to happen. It's through Jesus Christ. So you accept Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, and then you can bask in the glory of the Lord all the time. Why? Because he's in your heart. And man, Jesus is right here. He's with you 90, all the time. Never leaves you, never forsakes you. Well, step into that glory. Take time alone with him. Uh, get alone with him. But Jesus keeps us. The word in, 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 in the word in First Peter one five, who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. 
In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. Jesus keeps us. Jesus kept us. Peter wrote this. Peter was hung upside down on the cross and killed. Why? Because he loved the Lord. The Lord sustained him. He's with the Lord forever. Jesus gives us life now and forever. Romans 8, 1 says, But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. So here we got it. That spirit's in us. A lot of us, we wait till eternal life to experience the glory of the Lord when you can experience the glory of the Lord right now. You can experience the glory of the Lord at work tomorrow. You can experience the glory of the Lord wherever you're at because if you're a believer, he's in you. Uh, Guys, a lot of times when I go into counseling, after the first five seconds, I'm saying, oh God, I need your glory. I need your presence because I know I can't help these people. But Father, I know when they're in your glory, we can. And the thing I try to do in counseling is get us to praying because that's when God starts moving. Because you don't have it because you don't ask for it. And we got to get in there and get into it, the presence of God, the glory of the Lord, and let him move upon our lives. We need to remember today this psalm, we are the people he watches over. The flock under his care. If only you would listen to his voice. So how do we walk into that glory? You know, how do we get into this present? And I'm going to share a scripture with you out of Second uh, Chronicles 20. Is, as a congregation, a big group like this did it. But, but I'm going to have the scripture behind me. And, and I'm just going to kind of run through it. And you can read behind me. But the Moabites, the Ammonites, and the Menites, all these mites come against them. Nothing worse than termites, you know. But they're all coming against Israel, or Judah, actually. And they're coming hard at them. And, and Josephat, what's he do? But what he does, he goes to the Lord for guidance, verse 3. Wow. Goes, what did the young boy say earlier? Man, he said that, that the Lord... Guided him. I'm going to go back and get his quote again here because that was good. Grayson said, I am thankful for God, Jesus, because, because they help us and guide us. Well, that's where Josephat was. He went to the Lord for guidance. And we needed to go to the Lord for guidance. We need to press into him in everything in our life. He ordered a fast, verse 3. Then the people, all of you, all the people came together and began to seek the Lord's help. So now you not only got the leader asking for the Lord's help and guidance, but you got the whole congregation doing it. And then they prayed, and he prayed this great long prayer, but I'm going to just read verse 6. O Lord, God, our ancestors, you alone, God of our ancestors, you alone are the God who is in heaven. You are ruler over the kingdoms of the earth. You are powerful and mighty. No one can stand against you. That's what we got to realize when we're in the presence of God is he's the ultimate fixer. He's the biggest of all things. He is God above all gods, and we just need to go to him, and he'll take care of it. And so he prays all this, and then the Lord responded in verse 15, Do not be afraid. Come to me who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. Do not be afraid. How many of you are afraid about a situation in your life? We don't like where our kids are heading. We don't like where our marriage is heading. We don't like where our work's heading. We don't like where this is heading. What's the Lord say here? Do not be afraid. When you come into the presence of the Lord, you're going to find that peace. 
When you, when you step into the glory of the Lord, you're going to find that, that presence. And to be honest with you, there's a few times it takes me an hour to pray through my flesh to feel the presence, but the presence is there. And he's going to say to you, don't be afraid. And that's what he said to Judah back in the day. Don't be discouraged. I say to you today, don't be discouraged if you're in the Lord. I don't care what you're going through. Don't be discouraged. Don't be afraid. Because God is God. He, says, he said, don't be discouraged by this mighty army, for the battle is not yours but God's. And that's the key, guys, is we're trying to fix everything ourselves. We're trying to do all these things, you know. Josephat could have put his army out there to go into battle. They could have got their tails whooped, come back. I don't know. But God said, let me do your fighting. Come into the glory, come to me all who are weary and burdened, and let God do your fighting. This is God's battle now. And that's the way we got to look at things. We got to cut loose and let go of things that, that are eating our lives up and eating us up. Say, okay, God, I, you called me to be here. God, you called me to be at this place at this moment and everything. And I hate every bit of thing about it. But Lord, I give it to you. I'm not afraid. I'm not going to be discouraged. It's yours now. You do the fighting. You do the care. And I'm just going to rest in you in the glory of your presence. That's what we're designed for is rest in his glory. And we're trying to do all this other stuff. But rest in his glory. So what Joseph, what he did here, we jump down to verse 21, 22. So what did the king do? He appointed singers to walk ahead of the army, singing to the Lord and praising him for his holy splendor. This is what they say, said, give thanks to the Lord. His faithfulness, his faithful love endures forever. At that very moment, they began to sing and give praise. The Lord caused the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir to start fighting among themselves. And you guys know the story. They took themselves out. But I can tell you account after account where God went in and did the fighting, and Israel didn't have to do anything. Why? Because they went into the glory. And so what do you do in the glory but worship? And, and, and that's what disturbed me whenever... I'm reading all these Facebooks and, and people's taking glory for themselves. Man, they interviewed this one basketball guy. What do you attribute to your success to? I did this, I did that. And I thought, Lord, squish you like a bug. Man, he, 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 we just get this concept like we're all that. But we need to realize that it's where it's at and who the giver is is God and give him thanks and worship him. And so what we do is when we get into the glory of the Lord, we begin to, we do these things that we, we pray, we fast, uh, we call upon the Lord, and we just start worshiping him and worshiping him. Uh, uh, this week, whenever all this was going on, a song came to my mind, and it's a song that we used to sing during the dioxy here when we take up the offering, but we stopped doing it because it became so repetitious. People didn't realize what they were singing. It's a beautiful song, and I don't say everybody was that way. But I know it was me, I'd sit out here, praise God, and I'd just mock it sometimes because it became words to me. And, and, and that song was so powerful. But when we're into, we walk into the glory, we just sing, praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him, all creatures here below. Praise him above, ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Praise God, the Father who is the source. Praise God the Son who is the course. Praise God the Spirit who is the flow. 
praise God, our portion here below. When I went to prayer, that's the song that God told me to give to you. Walk in his glory and just give him praise. When the problems in the world's battling you, come to me all who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. We just get to worship the Lord and enjoy him. And guys, when we're in that presence, nothing else matters, and that's all we'll want. And I challenge you to get into the glory like they did as a congregation. And I'm going to wrap up with this now. And I'm going to be in, in Exodus 33, 9. And, and you guys read the whole chapter. But again, remember, the glory of the Lord was with Israel in the cloud by day and a fire by night. So the glory of the Lord was always there. And it went into the tent, the pillar, the cloud, the glory, would come down and hover at the entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses, verse 9. And this is of Exodus 33, 9. Inside the tent of meeting, the Lord would speak. In other words, you're in the glory of the Lord. He's going to speak and give you answers. He's going to minister to you. He's going to anoint you. And he spoke to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Get that. In the glory, God will speak to you as a friend. You guys get that? God will speak to you as a friend, but you got to get in the glory. Afterward, Moses would, would return to the camp. In other words, he'd go back to life and dealing with the people. But the young man who assisted him, Joshua, son of Nun, would remain behind in a tent of beating. And it still gets me today because he realized the anointing or the, the glory. He realized the presence of God. And if you really put that, here we got a young Joshua that Israel's out there and there's all their friends and their buddies and they're having these parties and they're, they're just singing and dancing and all this is going on out here. And the glory of the Lord is in here. And young Joshua wants to stay in the glory of the Lord more than anything else life had to offer them. Think about that. Moses had to go back out to deal with the people. Young Joshua is like, I don't have to. I get to stay in the glory. And he stayed in there. Now think about that. In the glory and the presence of the Lord, he got to know God well. And so when he went into the promised land, when God asked him to go around Jericho six times or seven times, he didn't argue with God. He just did it because he is in the glory of the Lord and he knew his God well. Or whenever the battle was going strong and he needed daylight and he asked God to, to freeze the daylight, the glory of the Lord, he knew God. He knew the presence. So we can do this as individuals here today. But we are the people he watches over, the flock under his care. If only you would listen to his voice today. I've told you something, guys, that it's not me. The Lord told me to give this to you. I just fall into things. I'm not the smartest camper in the world. But if we would get a hold of this today, it would change your life. But that's what the psalm said. God's watching over you. He's looking out for you. He loves you more than you can imagine. And you just need to get, hear his voice. Put yourself in the glory. Praise team, if you want to come on up today.
Sometimes I feel like I just rush through things to get everything in. And, and I pray that you get a hold of what's been said today. You can get into the glory of the Lord at home, in prayer, at home. Man, what I'm saying is take time alone. I tell you guys a lot of times I hear more from the Lord on, on, on my mower mowing the lawn for four hours. Or when I go out and, and run on the treadmill, I hear from the Lord then. But take times to get alone just to listen and put yourself in him. Come in here and, and lay down at the altars in here sometime, man. The, the office is open from 9 to 5, but I'll give anybody a key to come in anytime you want. But take time to put yourself in the glory of the Lord because that's what sustains you. We're trying to do life without the Lord. We're going to lose. And a lot of us are weary and burdened and stressed and defeated when the antidote, the cure, is the glory of the Lord. The glory of the Lord sustained. I read you guys 15, 20 passages of Scripture, how the Lord sustained the people of God. And guys, when we, when we die this physical death, we're going to be sustained by God for eternity. We need to get in the glory of the Lord because that's where we're going to be for eternity. Why? Let's start now. But, but I shouldn't have to beg you to want this. Once you're in it, you won't want anything else. Because it is so good. It is so good. But the glory of God naturally builds us, natural, naturally rebuilds us when life drains us. So if you're stressed, anxious, weary, heavy laden, even dying physically today, spiritually, I challenge you to step into the glory and live into the glory of the Lord. That's where you'll find your peace. That's where you'll find your, your rest. We need to learn how to operate in the glory. And that's all to call today. I'm going to ask everybody to stand to your feet. Uh, the altars will be open today. But if you got something that's weighing on you heavy today, and I don't care what it is, I want you to come to these altars and give it to the Lord. The glory of the Lord is in here today. The presence of the Lord is in here. That was funny the other day, and, and people laughed at me, but there was such a move of God going on that we were talking about this, and I prayed for some other things that didn't even pertain to it. And everybody looked at me, you're crazy. Why? We're not even talking about that. And I said, because God's here, and I know he'll answer these, and I want him to hear these prayer requests. And when God's around and I got his ear, I'm going to let him have everything. Well, he's here and he wants everything. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened. He wants to take it off of you or walk through it with you. And I'll give you rest. These altars are open today and I just challenge you to get into the glory. If you're here today and you haven't accepted Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, that's the first step. You got to do that. If you're here today and you've been backslidden, just walk into the Lord and say, Lord, I messed up. Here I am. I do that all the time because I mess up a lot. Ask my wife. Okay? But we need to learn to forgive each other and just move into the glory. Move into the glory. So, Father, you heard this word that went forth today, and, Lord, I believe it was yours. And, Satan, we bind you in all you're trying to do to still kill and destroy that word. We come against you now. And, Father, I ask that you just soften our hearts. And, Father, that, that we would yield to you today, Father, to minister to our needs. In Jesus' name, amen.